Welcome to Bacon is My Podcast. Before we get into this show, we do want to let everybody know that we are proudly bringing this show to you from the den. Yeah. That's the Deluxe Edition Network. Rocking it out. Found at deluxeeditionnetwork.com. In the D-E-N. That's right. We are a part of an awesome network of really awesome podcasts, such as... That's a lot of awesome that you just said there. Yes. A health history I'd like to fuck. Yes. There's also <laughs> Beard Laws, Spoil My Movie. Yes. The Deluxe Edition Podcast. There's like 26 different podcasts, so go over there, check it out. DeluxeEditionNetwork.com. Do it now. We are happy to be one. Thank you so much. What's your bacon? Guys... We are so excited because Manscaped has upped the game. Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. They They've did. got interchangeable dual head system with both a regular razor that you're used to on your lawnmower, mm -hmm, but also mm -hmm. now a foil blade as well. Uh, and if you already have one of these, if you already have the, the, the 4.0, the upgrade's good, man. Upgrade is good. Upgrade is good. It's got all the stuff that you like already. The light is a little bit brighter. Yes. Key, it has a lock. Yes. So that means in your bag, it won't turn on automatically because you're traveling somewhere and you put some shoes in your bag and you push down on it and it just turns on and then the battery's dead. That's right. You can lock it. Awesome. Awesome feature. Everything else, you've got your ceramic blades, you've got your skin safe technology, you got all, all of that is the same and improved, but... It's just a better system. Highly recommend. Go to manscaped.com right now. Use the promo code BACONPOD for 20% off your entire order. Yes. You can get the 5.0 Lawnmower Ultra. You can also use it on other products like the uh, Crop Mop, which is our personal favorite. Our personal if you ever see us out in, out, in the, out in the wild, yes. you can definitely hit us up and we will give you one of those. We always have them on us. Always. Always ready to give out. Yes. So again, manscaped.com, promo code Bacon Pod, 20% off of free shipping. Thank you, Manscaped. And always remember to ask yourself, are your balls clean? Mm -hmm. So we normally don't do an intro, but uh, this is the continuation of last week's episode with right. Don from the Health Podcast, History I'd Like to Fuck. Yes. If you haven't listened to part one, go back and listen to part one now and Super check important. it out. It's it's uh, it's not like you can't follow, but it's, it's awesome. It's an Just awesome... continuation yeah. of... Yeah. So go check that out if you haven't, and if you have, we're going to jump right in now. So uh, thank you guys so much, and uh, here we go. Bacon! Bacon is my podcast! Bacon! Bacon, Bacon is my What, uh, so, like, what drew you to comedy? Like, you, you know, you did the, uh, you went to, to school for theater and stuff like that. What what drew you to stand-up? Um, well, comedy and the funny, like, finding the funny was always sort of a cornerstone of everything I did. So, um, I did, you know, I was, I'm a voice actor, as we said. I, I I'm classically trained in theater. I, I have a theater degree with a history minor. So, technically, mm -hmm. my training is in theater. And I paid my bills as a theater actor for over a decade. So, you know, doing the, and it was in the Twin Cities and in the Midwest, you know, doing three or four plays a year and then filling in my income 
doing voices and doing commercials and films when they would come through, which they frequently did, and really good ones. I was really lucky. Um, and then it was time to move to L.A. Um, you know, the trick is <clears throat> I was a small fish or a big fish, but nobody could tell anymore. <laughs> you know, because like, the water got so huge all of a sudden. <laughs> um, but uh, I do love performing live. So even though I hadn't done stand-up per se before, I had done primarily comedies were what I was doing on stage. And I had done a lot of improv and a lot of emceeing and a lot of game show hosting and a lot of like theater or tours of places where I was funny. So like being the funny one and writing jokes was there, but but doing stand-up is such a critter <laughs> of its, its own. It's a different animal. Very unique animal. Yeah. But when I moved to LA, um, I frankly had the first opportunity to do stand-up on a big scale. You can perform any hour of the day, any neighborhood in this city, from big to small places. Like, it is really plentiful, the opportunities. And honestly, I just needed to perform. I needed to be on stage. There's not a lot of theater here. Right. <laughs> and what theater there is, which is great, is often super time-consuming and fairly far away. So it was like stand-up was honestly a way to, like, get my fix of just being <laughs> on stage. Yeah, right, right. Um, and the community of, of comedians is my favorite group of people. And um, they are um, sort of unique because we all perform singularly. You know, we, you and I talk about bands and how how necessary it is to have however big or small, however familiar, other people to make it happen. Yeah. Like, stand up, all you need is an audience. Yeah. You And it's just you and them. There, you know, when there isn't another, it's and it's really cool, <laughs> and it's really, really a thrill, you know, because the ups and downs go even further. If you bomb, it's you, man. They didn't like you. They didn't think you were funny, and they didn't like you. And that sucks, and that hurts, and that's all you wanted to do was right. have them like you and laugh with you, and they didn't. It's like, oh, it's the worst. But, oh, my God, when they're laughing with you, man, when you are you too, <laughs> just you and your dumb stories, oh, my God, you know, there's nothing like it. Yeah. And um, and so so that was really what drew me to it and uh, and continues to draw me to it, you know, and there's a grind. You know, one of the things I found is, uh, you know, I moved here when I was 35 and I have a five year old daughter or I moved here when I was 35, which was 10 years ago. Any event, I'm going to be 45 next week. Yay. I'm glad you were born. Thank you. Pearl Harbor Day. Big day. Everybody won. Um, and <laughs> and uh, so, you know, there is an element of like, if one were to start a career in comedy that looked like mine, but wasn't me, this would be the part where they would start doing things like going to colleges, gigging at colleges, hitting tours, opening for people, you know, and doing all these tours. And and who knows, you know, I may I may be able to jump into that. But at the moment, I am doing L.A. stages I'm doing it most days a week. Sometimes I travel a little bit outside. You know what I mean? But uh, this is my playground at the moment, and I love it. It's really great. And who it's wouldn't? Really I mean, if you're going to pick a playground, this is the one to pick. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, and I, you got to get the thousand hours, right? Like, that's yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, that's right. Is, is you need I, to have I think it's station. really interesting because we've had comedians on, and and for the most part, I mean, we've had, I mean, we've had L.A. comedians, but we've also had New York comedians, mm -hmm. and and. For the most part, uh, yeah, like you do have like a tight knit of, of, of like a few, like three or four people that you kind of are with. But for the most part, comedians like shit on the other comedians, like like, but not in a comedic way. They're kind of like, 
they're they're very judgy and, and uh-huh. they 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 same don't way, enjoy same way musicians do though yeah you know it's, it's, right it's that similar right thing. but but yeah. you you seem to you you've you're, you think very highly of your community and stuff like that uh-huh. so like who, I do. who are some of the people who are some of the people that that the people should be checking out and who are part of your group mm. we, we we think highly of you already so oh, like well, yes. great oh that's really nice of you <laughs> you know i'll give you a name you know i'll give you a couple names you know just so i can reinforce why you probably already like them and you should and i will also name drop thereby making myself more impressive of course. <laughs> um <laughs> uh i've i've worked closely with jim jeffries and um who's well, an australian meaning yeah he, he's jim so jeffries. great and he is truly <laughs> The nicest guy, and also the most like himself in real life when you're just bullshitting and talking, as he is on stage. I find that for better or worse, there's sort of like this spectrum of real life green room personality and then on stage personality. And when, and I MC a lot of comedy, meaning I'm introducing shows and then introducing every comic, which means I just see a ton more comedy than, than even other comedians because I stay right. for the whole fucking show and I kind of got to watch everybody, you know? Yeah. And there is, uh, and I have to get introductions from everybody, so I have to at least talk to every comedian even if it's just for a second. And you find that with some folks, there is a huge gap between who they are in the green room and who they present themselves on stage. And sometimes there's no daylight at all. <laughs> it feels in the green room, they are speaking at the same volume with the same command as they do when they're on stage. And it's kind of exciting. Jim Jeffries is one of those and truly nice and truly genuine and very humble and just like the nicest, funniest guy. Um, and Bill Burr um, is also another huge name. Yeah. Now I didn't work with him. I've worked with Jim Jeffries and like, I've been on his podcast a few times and like, I'm not going to say that we're buds, but like if I tapped him on the shoulder, he'd be like, hi, Don. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. Bill Burr. I just opened for him once and met him one time. And I was very excited because I'm a huge fan. I think he's so funny. And he was colder. He was a little colder. But I want to tell you why I love him even more, despite the fact that he wasn't like a sweetie to me, right? Mm -hmm. And why everyone should love Bill Burr and artists like him, regardless of how they might be to you personally in a moment. He wasn't rude to me. I I sort of met him backstage. I was like, this is your MC. So, you know, and I kind of want to know, especially when they're big names, mostly is there something you don't want me to say? You know, because sometimes right. I have a credit I love and they're like, don't mention that or right. just quick or yeah, do the like, you know him from like, wh- you know, right. what, do you, yeah. what do you want? And um, so and he was like in his notebook, which is a comics thing going through your set. What am I going to say? Switching around words is 16 funnier than 18. You know, sometimes you're doing and sometimes you're just running it, whatever you're doing. It's the work in your notebook. And he was doing his work in his notebook. And, and not only is Bill Burr one of the biggest comedians ever, of course. But like this club that we were in is in Burbank. It's a smaller club. You know, it's a couple hundred people in the dinner room. Like this is hardly his biggest show. But I, he was displaying genuine nervousness that wasn't like I'm afraid of anything, but I want to do my best. Right. Like I'm about to go out there and I want to do my best for these people. And I, and I really want this set to go right. Awesome. I want to do it right, you know? And he wasn't he just sort of, hi, yes, how are you? And then kind of back in his notebook. But he wasn't like nicer to other people, but mean to me. He was just really focused on his work, which was to make people laugh and to do his best, you know? And when he performed that night, not only was he so funny, but he cried on stage telling a vulnerable story about loss 
that was also so funny that you're dying laughing and you're crying with him. And I was just like, God damn, Bill Burr, you're great. And of course, I would have loved to have had a picture with him like bear hugging me and lifting me off the ground. Right, right. (laughs) And then being like, Don Brody is simply the best. Like, that would have been great for me. (laughs) But I was more proud to be in his profession in that moment. Because I think it would have made me really sad if he had been like, slamming a burger and then being like, all right, I go tell some jokes to these fucking idiots. Not that it matters. That would have broken right. my heart. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Hey, this is Ron. Do you like movies? Hey, this is Ragnar. Y'all like alcohol? Hey, guys, this is Stu. Do you like punishments? Hey, this is Goop. Do you like cinephiles? Hey, everybody, I'm Chase. You got, do you guys like alcohol poisoning? If you like all of that, then check us out at Barrel Age Flips on Apple, Spotify, and all the other platforms out there. Have you noticed some new things on Mm -hmm. Begging Is My Podcast? We have the new Bimp Lounge. Yes. Right? So with that, we're just trying to... We're trying to up our game a little bit here. That's right. Right? We're trying to to extend our reach. Mm -hmm. If you want to help us do that, well, one of the ways you can do that is by rocking out with our sponsors. Jump over to BaconIsMyPodcast.com, jump to our sponsor page, and check out all of our awesome sponsors. Mm-hmm. Uh, GrillYourAssOff.com, DrinkWildBills.com, mm-hmm. Manscaped, uh, Poddex. There's quite a few of them. Everything's and we're there adding with, stuff all the time. With the most recent promo codes and the best deals that you can possibly get. Another way you can help us, get some t-shirts. Like this one, mm-hmm. right here. Uh, it doesn't come without the sleeves. Um, it gives you the option. But it gives you the option. Yeah, you get it with sleeves. You don't want sleeves. You cut the sleeves off. That's right. That's how it works. Then you have a headband if you have like a thin head. Yes. I can't use the sleeves as a headband because I have a giant yeah, round yeah, head. Yeah, we both do. Yeah. Yeah. Go to BakingIsMyPodcast.com. Check out the merch page. Uh, Big is my fashion. Yes. Right. And you can check out all the latest episodes. It's kind of like a portal to everything Bacon is my podcast, including our music. A portal to bacon. Yes. Oh. Including his band, Craving Strange, yes. my band, his Something Heavy. Something. Also, Bacon is my passion, the the band itself. So Music coming. Yes. Yeah, so go ahead. Check it out. Costs nothing to look. Mm-hmm. So and go ahead. And you should it. buy. You break it, you bought it, though. I, you know what? I, I, I relate to that 100% because anytime, oh, yeah, anytime we do the opening. Things. Or even even when I've gotten to be backstage at, at, at things where there are, are more notable musicians right. you know, playing and it's not just our local scene or whatever. It is a bigger artist or opening for a bigger artist. The ones that like have that attitude of like, yeah, every show is Madison Square Garden. It's important. Absolutely. You know, it and it makes your audience feel of... special. Yeah, exactly. There. So... Especially um, people like, you know, they I got sitters, man. They got sitters. They're spending their hard-earned money, which yeah. is harder to get. Mm-hmm. They're there because they want you to make them feel good, which is even harder to get. <laughs> you know, like, I think it's yeah. kind of sacred. So, yeah. And are there asshole comedians? Yes. Oh, my God. And, like, oh, I yeah. do open mics around L.A. My God. Like, sometimes I go to these open mics to work new material, and I'm just like, hello again, weird misogynists who <laughs> <laughs> all smell like weird. Like, yeah, if you want to just, you know, see that, it's easy to see because it's everywhere. But that so doesn't I have, mean... I have a little bit of a, a theory that I want to run by you just to see what your thoughts are on it. Because there's been a growing popularity of comedians with their with their social media channels and their youtube channels things like that Mm -hmm. of um they're posting uh 
dealing with hecklers and that's become like a very kind of like popular thing for people to seek out and look at mm -hmm. uh which one i think it's great because i think it's just funny to to see how comedians deal with hecklers but i i was thinking about this the other day because i was watching someone do it and i was like you know they're they're putting this up because that's content and they're putting content out but the content they're not putting out is them workshopping jokes right mm. instead of putting out portions of their show where they're workshopping their material hopefully for a special at some point that they're working towards instead of letting people see all the shit early instead yes. they're they're rerouting people's you know they're squirrel you know they're they're, they're right. going hey yeah. watch me deal with this asshole <laughs> instead right. yes. uh so I think that's a conscious thing. I think that's a thing on purpose to say, hey, look at me do some crowd work. You don't get to see what's happening in the special, but it keeps me relevant. It keeps my jokes out and I'm using hmm. social media like it should be used and I'm on it. Uh, yeah. Disagree, agree. Do you see it differently? Do you? I agree. I think that's true. I mean, it's such a new nut to crack, right. which is this demand for constant content from any kind of creator, especially in my industry. I don't really do that for a million reasons mm -hmm. <laughs> among them. Like, Oh my God, who has time? Right. But yeah. also for the point that you made, which is like, yeah, these are often jokes that are not quite ready. Like if I'm going to post something that happened in a set, it's usually to your point, something one off a weird heckling because yeah. it's, it's more, it's also more impressive often to people to see what you do, why I should come see you live is less because I know I'm going to love all your jokes than to right. know that you're truly there. You're one of those comedians that's with us in the room. And if someone drops a tray of drinks or calls you a cunt, you're going to continue <laughs> to yeah, you just, put on a good show. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. Pick right up. And, um, and so I think that makes sense, but yeah, that's, that's tricky. But then at the same time, you, you have comedians that I, I think back off, sharing their material because there maybe is this over-indexed idea of what the internet is because yeah indeed you put out a, a tweet with or listen to me i already feel so old calling it a tweet um you know you well, put out now? what is it called it's uh, what do we call them what is the what is the noun a failure? i feel like it's still an a tweet. call them a failure like i, I sent call out, a tweet i sent out a tweet i don't know in any event send out you call them a terrible <laughs> marketing idea terrible idea <laughs> I went to the platform formerly known in any event, you put it out there. Right. And I think right. that sometimes people see a problem that is not their problem. Meaning yes, if you have 20 million followers who all watched that clip and all bought tickets to your show, perhaps they would be somewhat underwhelmed to see that they've already seen all these jokes. Right. I doubt right. very much guy who performs three times a month for eight right. people at a time, that you need to somehow protect your ace. <laughs> you know, I think you can. <laughs> right. Okay. I think you can let <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah. ace. I think yeah. you should flash that ace. I think right, this is right. the point where you're like, here's my ace. See it, see it, see it, see it, see it. And I also have friends who have jokes that like are my favorites. You know, I've seen them perform a dozen times and I love their jokes. And when I see that joke coming back that I love, I don't ever, this is just me. Mm -hmm. I don't get like, ugh, this old joke. I do get more like when your favorite song comes on. And a yeah. little bit more like, ooh, he's gonna do the herpes joke. Right. <laughs> and right. I kind of settle in and I'm you know, it's why people watch comedy specials 
over and over again like a favorite movie and i think that it is again more akin to a favorite song at some point however again it would probably be an error for a young comedian a new comedian to be like my joke about my mom's pussy is basically country roads. <laughs> People are never going to get to hear that one. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, keep this one in the or rotation. Maybe <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Um, but I do like crowd work. I mean, I think that when you're good at crowd work, um, that's, a, that's a muscle to flex. Let people see it because it's hard to do and not a lot of people do it well. Do you think that by... Um, feeding into and making that a popular thing, you're encouraging people to heckle at shows? I think that heckling is a tough one to define because in a way, like if you just count heckling as like anyone who sort of speaks out, draws attention to themselves during a comedy show, that is such a a diverse... Because sometimes, and this is what I've found, very rarely, and I've been doing comedy for stand-up comedy per se for about 10 years, but I've been on stage behind a mic sort of inviting the audience to respond for decades longer, you know, improv comedy, stuff like that. And, um, and it is true that there are individuals who want to be a problem, who hate you or hate this or take issue with something, who want to stop the show, who have a malicious intent. And generally speaking, those folks are actually the easiest. It's actually, you know, in, in a play, they'll be removed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're just right. taken out. House management knows that this can happen and they just take them out. If it's a comedy club, in my opinion, it's an invitation. It's a welcome. It's sort of like a wrapped present for the rest of the crowd. And often, I believe most clubs, it's a sort of an unwritten rule. The house will not remove the patron until the comic requests it. Right. And sometimes you'll see staff sort of waiting because if they take the heckler out too soon it can ruin a great bit and the comic mm-hmm. is like give me a chance to win this person give me a chance to do this because if i do it's like an ace and it's my ace you know right right, right. and so often there's if they get this piece of shit out of here and then it's done then you know the house staff often has a way to do it and that's like nothing most of the time though i find if there's a disruption from the audience <laughs> they're usually what i call errors of enthusiasm And it's not just people who are like out, who aren't out a lot, who love comedy, who are just speaking up, who are just like, yeah, like just being vocal, you know, and maybe they're a little, their their vocalization came at a weird time, you know, Um, (laughs) and that, or you're talking about something that really touches them. That's often the thing. If you're telling a joke, you think your joke is just about designing women. So, you know, an old show from the late 80s, early 90s. And this is my joke about designing women. And there's these three fucking women that just started screaming and won't shut the fuck up. The fact is they probably fucking love designing women, too. Right. It's not that they're being drunk jerks. You can right. tell the you difference. Connected. They just they have some sort of book club called <laughs> Dixie Carter. Reed. You know what I mean? They are like you just happened to tread on something that like sparks their them to such a point. They got to stand up and say or speak, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. and there's so many ways. And but the problem is often, too, your joke is so hinging on timing that usually the reason a comic reacts with like, shut the fuck up is because I'm rolling elegantly into a set, a punchline that I've crafted, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've done it. And you making me stop and address <laughs> your book club ruins my joke right. because I'm not going to be able to get back and get back into the dun 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 right? Mm-hmm. But that pays off. Again, the audience will love you more if they see that you're there, you're hearing, and you love them, that you're also erring on the side of, oh, do you love designing women? Tell, like, let's... 
let's see this moment. Yeah, any, let's see this moment. You know? Squeeze that orange for a moment if we can, right? Yeah. Um, or you get to know, you know, are you or they're like, oh no, she's found something in her purse or she dropped a drink. It's those moments can also be rich and opportunities to be together and connect, especially now when we have Zoom and we're so distant. There's something so precious about just being in a room still yeah. Yeah. together and laughing together. And you paid money to come out and eat and drink and laugh. My God, you know, let's why would That's I hate I how could I hate you? That's where I think there's such a, a commonality between being a performing musician and being a performing. I uh, I used to live with uh, two comedians uh, in in New York City, and um, and so it was me, the musician, and the two of them. And so we were. I was out doing open mics. They were out doing open mics. We would end up back at the house. Yeah. I'd go see them. They'd come see me. Yes. Um, and we would talk about. And with one of them, we had talked about like we would often have a conversation about what. Uh, are the common amazing things that we get to share? And then what are the common annoying things that happen? And then also we'd get into like the, uh, he would try to tell me how it's so much easier to be a musician. And then I would try and tell him how much easier it was to be a comic. <laughs> yeah. and, and we would get into that all the time, but we would find more often than not, it's like that that connection with the crowd, those times where we get the connection as a, as a musician, I think, I, I feel like you actually get more opportunities to do that. Mm. um because it's just it's part of the show uh we're we're singing songs to you that are supposed to reach you on a level that you yeah. know we're like yeah. that um and and it's a i i feel like it's a and it's uh, to some bands i guess we're very beholden to like okay we're on a time crunch and it's got to be this and we're doing yeah this, and we're trying to rehearse this and you know mm. But we still we have to base whether something's good or not based on the reaction. We have to be, you know. Yeah, the one thing comedians also... don't get comedians don't get uh, people don't yell at you guys to do other people's shit. Like, we, <laughs> like that's the that's where I won every time. I was like, yeah, you're never gonna get like, you know, yo, do that Tom Segura bit. Oh, right. funny. Yeah, it's like oh, you know oh fuck, that's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, you know, because the comedians do that. Uh, they'll never work again. But if right. musicians right. do that, they actually get paid. They right. get paid more to go to they a wedding. Yeah. They get paid more. Yeah. Yes. yeah. You know what? There's one opportunity in LA and it's on Halloween or like the week leading up to Halloween. And it's um, at this club called Flappers in Burbank and they do dead comedians night. Okay. Where for one night comedians do their favorite bits from a dead comedian. And That's you can awesome. either, and you can either do an impression or you uh -huh. just do their jokes. And everybody, I kind of love it because I think it's like everybody gets it. This is it's sort of like green light. Like I'm just doing right. my favorite, like well, Mitch Hedberg. Like, I just want to tell Mitch Hedberg. I'm, I'm doing it tonight. Like, That's don't Mitch not Hedberg. let me back. Please don't let yeah. me not on. Don't yeah. let me not in anymore. Right. right. And everyone's like Jerry Seinfeld's not dead. Okay. Right. So right. <laughs> right. Just like their career is dead or something doesn't count. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to mince you this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh, but Ouch. I do. I love it, man. And I'm there's. Sorry. Should I go on with Robin Williams? <laughs> yeah, he's great. I mean, if, if that's the thing, then there's some you just can't. You can't right. tell a Robin Williams joke. Yeah, right. Without, well, because you know, half of it is yeah, the delivery. You know, over half, eighty percent. I don't know if he could have told it again. Yeah. I was gonna say I, I don't even know if his jokes, like if he tore, like he, especially like toward the latter end of his career, he he wasn't really touring on jokes he was just kind of like he had bullet points and then you just fucking yeah talk mm -hmm. it's an experience and just do his thing mm -hmm. yeah yeah exactly I, I i 
like you said, I have his live on Broadway DVD for years. Yeah. Crazy. I'd watch that like yeah. over and over and over, over and over and again. Over again. Yeah. And, and never got old. Yeah. It's kind of like a old. great song. Exactly. Yeah. That's true. Uh-huh. For sure. It's very true. Like I can, I can watch Carlin or Hedberg or <laughs> any of those uh-huh. like over and over. It'll be on. I'll be like, all right. I can yeah. do this. I play that. So I'm in that vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're doing. You're popping in, you're watching the show, you're listening to the show, you're like, I really like their interviews. Or you're like, I don't like their interviews at all, but I do like seven questions. Or you're like, man, I wish more people knew about this show because these guys are fun and these guys are cool. How can I help? Well, one of the best ways to help is by going over to patreon.com slash bacon is my podcast and joining our Patreon. Uh, We've got awesome three tiers starting at $3 per month where you will get live stream shows mm-hmm. on uh, all of our discussion and drinks every week every week every week a live stream that you can join in on you can uh, weigh in on you can jump in the chat you can jump in the little community interact little with squad. us uh, we got a cool squad over there too so you can meet people make friends we're all about that also you can learn some cooking tips from us yeah we got a few of those up there you can try some of our dishes out yeah you can also watch us eat horrible shit yeah, that's the other thing. Now, when we cook stuff, it's delicious, but the stuff that we eat is not. Yeah, that's, no. Totally separate. Never, never fun. Separate thing. Yeah, but go ahead. Go over there. There's tons of new content. We have early music releases. We've got live streams. We've got watch-alongs. We've got all sorts of stuff. Go to Bacon is My Podcast Patreon today and sign up and be part of the BIMP squad. Totally helps us out, guys. Thank you so much. Cheers to you. Woo-woo. What's your bacon? Hey, this is Sammy from Barrel Age Chicks, and I'm here with Yen. Hey, everybody. How you doing, Yen? <laughs> I'm feeling amazing. <laughs> yes, you are. Well, what we're here to do today is talk about where you can find Barrel Age Chicks. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and Good Pods. Yep. On the Barrel Age Chicks, we have myself, Sammy. We have Yen, of course. And then we have Snow, Crystal, and Harley. Yep. Um, we enjoy talking about everything from movies to being current moms to being just the ladies of the Barrel H Flicks boys and their shenanigans in general. Please join us without kids. Thank you. Yes, our podcast is explicit content, so it is definitely not for little ears. But come out, let your hair down to hear the chick side of things. Whoop, whoop. It's we, a shit show. <laughs> please join us. We need some mom time. Well, Hed- Hedberg was good because he had the, like the, he had the jazz band behind him too. Yeah. So it created the vibe. It's yeah. cool. Yeah. 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 He had his own little thing, which was pretty amazing. Yeah. Um. So, uh, we 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 mentioned in the seven questions that people can go to your website to find uh-huh. out more about you. I did go to your website. Oh. To find out more about you, I found um. One, I found your reels, which are amazing. I think people should watch those. Those are fantastic. Thank you. Uh, which are great. And then I found your blog, which is seriously lacking. Thank you. There was one. You know, I used what to have... Is I was a prolific blogger when I lived aboard my houseboat. Yeah, yeah. I was super excited because yeah. I saw the blog for the houseboat. Uh-huh. And houseboat it was like... On it, and it wasn't yeah, the houseboat blog. And I, and I read it, and it was like, 
Let's go. Something problem with the engine. We got to move it to Monday. We're going to go then. And then we decided to go. And then I got no more of that story. It's painful, isn't it? This, I got like no more of that story. Speaking of blaming dead people for things, this is all Steve Jobs' <laughs> fault. This is all Steve Jobs' fault because, because I ha- have, oh God, it's a, it's a tragedy. I have a hard drive. Let me tell you, Charlotte. There's a hard drive 10 feet from where I'm sitting right. that has the narrative blog with vivid pictures of this epic boat trip that I took Mm -hmm. in October of 2012. I had lived aboard this houseboat for six years. I untethered from my mooring in St. Paul, Minnesota and my now husband, my dead dog, he was alive at the time. (laughs) There was, although there was ashes of a dead dog aboard as well. We we went 1,800 miles down the Mississippi River. It took 33 days to the Gulf of Mexico. It was this epic, like, Lord of the Rings journey. We almost died every day. We met this sage old woman named Fern who gave us life-saving advice. I mean, it's a wild, epic story. That is 100% true and makes me a lot cooler, if you've read it. I don't know why I can't get this fucking bitch back online. It is, it is a number of things. That I think are, are one is there was a huge technical difficulty once I realized in 2022 that I was approaching the 10 year anniversary of that trip. And I now live in L.A. where people will be like, you did what? Versus the people who knew me then who were like, oh, yeah, it's the coolest thing we've ever heard of. We talk about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, this is the city to brag and tell everyone you're cool as shit. And that hard drive was dead. It would not open. It was the only time I've ever had a hard drive truly die. And I and then the computer that it was on was dead. And it was like, oh my God, is this blog actually gone? Because my website had gone down and Steve Jobs changed the way that website, the iWeb was the original host. Then I had to right. switch to something else. And then that went down. Anyway. And then I found this beautiful hacker. If you're a huge Hill fan, she was my guest on the Anne Boleyn episode. Her name is Encrypt. She okay. literally is she's this cool girl from like East LA who like helped Sony during their huge hack. She's amazing. She's hot. And I was like, encrypt, I need you. And she was like, girl, I saved Sony. I can get your hard drive back. (laughs) You know what I mean? And she did. And so then the hard drive came back to me. So now your question is, why haven't you done it now? You told Mm -hmm. me why you didn't do it a year ago. Why haven't you done it now? I don't know. Because I have to plug it in and I have to look at it and I have to go through the whole thing. And it makes my makes me sad a little bit because I miss it so much. And I'm also mm. busy and it's gonna take a whole day. And then I and then I spend this whole thing and it's my history. <laughs> it's not it's about George book. Washington, it's maybe about me. Ooh. It's a really cool, beautiful when I get it up, I will send you before I tell the world, I will send you a little message. And I'll be like, I, I want to read girl, this. refresh, girl. It's there, girl. So I'm super excited about that. Just um, one, I have I have like a kindred spirit thing because you lived on a houseboat and I lived in a van. <laughs> I don't know yeah. how those connect, but it was like when I I, uh, I I also decided like, okay, I can either, you know, I wanted to be in a touring band. And I was like, I can either not go on tour and I can have to work three jobs to afford a place in New York. Or I can live in my van and spend time at the rehearsal studio. I can keep yep. my one job that pays for everything and I can spend oh. all this extra time booking and Beautiful. figuring out, you know, like, and writing and doing all, and, and that's, you know, so that was my passion. That was my thing. So I lived in a van for, well, van for three years and then van and rehearsal studio, kind of sleeping on a futon in the rehearsal studio for another six, I think. So nice. it was like, like eight years, probably eight or nine years total 
was, mm-hmm. was that kind of existence. Um, so when I saw that the houseboat thing, because I've also thought about the houseboat thing, I was mm-hmm. like, that is so cool. That is so amazing. And then to know like the first three years was just you and your dog on the houseboat and it was a small one. It was just like, just living on it and like, and doing the thing, you know? Yeah. Like, I, and I, doing the thing in Minnesota winters year round, like that yeah, was a thing. That's, it was, that's gotta be brutal. That's that's kind crazy. of Shackleton, Shack- like I wouldn't have running water for weeks at a time. I had to set an alarm when it was below zero to every four hours to wake up and hack the ice around the hull so it wouldn't crush my hull. And that was the first boat. So I lived on one boat, yeah, alone for three years. Then my mm-hmm. fellow moved in. He lived aboard for a while. Then we bought a second boat. And he boat. was not a boater at all, but he liked you enough no. to be like, I'm going to move on this boat with you. That's right. Well, we started, <laughs> we we had been friends for years. No funny okay. business. And then he was like a behind the camera guy. And there was a possibility because the houseboat thing was cool. And also I I love myself. I'm the mother of a daughter who must say first, I love myself. I'm perfect. But like I used to be a babe with a much better body. (laughs) And so when I lived on the houseboat, I was also a mega babe. Again, love myself. I'm perfect. But I was a baber big time. And so TV was like, ooh, there is this babe who lives aboard a houseboat and does all this cool stuff, she should be on TV. So the history channels, there was sort of some sniffing around by various reality shows that were like, we just need more footage of you. And I've never been one, as you may have noticed, to turn the camera on myself in my authentic life and be the, hey guys, this is my houseboat situation. The plumbing Uh, won't, I don't like those. I don't consume those. I don't aspire to them because without trying to disparage anyone, it's bullshit. Right. Right. And it's like the true, true is something different. And I don't want to give you that unfiltered all access. And I'm not, don't want to kind of diminish you by putting it on some facsimile of like, I look great and I've manufactured that everything is going to be fine because my houseboat was more like a horse or a dog that you love. Mm-hmm. So what this show would need was for me and the boat to be in danger a lot, you know, right, right. or for me to put things in like precarious situations. And I was like, your show is going to be about me doing my best on this thing. <laughs> Trying to keep her afloat and not putting her right. in danger, you know? Anyway, I needed footage because they were like, we want to see what your life is down there in case we want to give you a show. And I didn't turn the camera on myself a lot, but this guy who was on set for all these commercial and industrial things that I was doing happened to be running a boom mic. And he sent me an email that was like, I literally couldn't help but overhear when you were talking about how you need all this extra footage of you on your boat and I have a camera and I'll come shoot your footage. And so he came, we, we shot footage together and it was all very platonic. And then we accidentally fell in love. <laughs> But like I had known him for years. We did not have the hots for each other at all. It was all very funny. And in fact, when he was like, I have the hots for you, I was like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) And then it was like, well, we should date. And I was like, huh. Hmm. I guess we should make out or something, though, don't you think? Isn't that how people like because usually I just make. I just have sex in the car with someone I met in the bar. And that's usually right, how right. most of my, most of my relationships. Put a nipple in their mouth. Put a nipple exactly. in their mouth before they get exactly. in the door. Yeah. That's how you do it. You, yeah. meet, you meet someone, you are physically attracted to them, you have sex as early as possible, and then you figure out if you're in love. And that's how relationships go. And with him, it was that's like, That's why I always oh. did it. Worked exactly. for me. <laughs> then you're like, oh, no, this is like, we've obviously worked together closely and make each other laugh and have all this stuff. And then he, now, I got to tell you, my husband is flawless. He is gorgeous and brilliant and 
easygoing and so funny. And so, and I just like, when I think about how I was sort of passive about him, that I was like, yeah, this guy, I know, like it, I get a cold sh- chill up my spine to think I could have <laughs> like slept and you missed that. <laughs> the greatest dude ever. Like what a dummy. That would have been a big mistake. But yes, he moved aboard knowing nothing about boats, but knowing this sweet ass, I'm a great right. captain. I love my boat. I'm very good. In fact, it was one of the most frustrating things was any male of any age standing next to me in the marina would get all of the best boat questions because people are very curious about boats. Sure. Right? Yeah, How do they yeah. run? What kind of engines do you have? Do you drive it? What do you do with it in the winter? How does the plumbing work? All these questions. And people would know I live aboard this boat. I own this boat. I am the pilot of this boat. Mm-hmm. I hack her ass out in the winter and I flush her out in the spring. And they would just casually look to the man next to me and say, so what kind of horsepower do those engines have? You know, are they inboard, outboard? Or, And you'd see, and yeah. you'd see, and the dudes I know are like choreographers. <laughs> they don't know shit. They'd be like, oh, I don't know. And they'd sort of point at me like, that's like, the it's one. In the water, it's in the water. After it is. I know it floats. Yes. And I'd be like, Paul, you, you know, person asking you know I live on this boat. Why are you asking this man you have literally seen for the first time? And they're like, oh, it's just, <laughs> I don't know why I can't. He's got a dick. <laughs> Imagine that a woman figured, would know this. You know. Figured that dick made him have answers to questions. Wow, you but must lived, live in the future. Amazing. <laughs> um, but I lived aboard uh, two different boats over the course of about nine years in St. Paul, Minnesota. And then I moved to L.A. in an RV. And yeah, we lived in the RV for another four years. Nice. Yeah. So this, I didn't really have active real plumbing. <laughs> for, I, so neither. I had, I had a gym membership. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I had a gym membership. A gym membership. So that's where I'd watch TV too. That's mm-hmm. where I would shower. That's yeah. Uh, I had to. Uh, I had the remote start, so in the winter time, like mm-hmm. I'd be sleeping in the back, and when I would get, I'd had the alarm so that I could turn the car on, Smart. and it would heat up for me, and then it would Smart. turn itself off in twenty minutes. Sophisticated uh, living. That's uh, yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. Until the owner of the studio was like, I see you parked around the corner. I know what you're doing. Just sleep yeah, in the studio, just please. Go. Yeah. Just please. I can't studio, sleep please. until you get inside. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Man, I'm such a pussy. I, yeah. I was like, so in sick. your houses and apartments. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, hey, <laughs> hey, you know, it's, it's, uh, but yeah, I, I, as soon as I read that, I was like, I was like, oh, I get it. I get, yeah. <laughs> I get you. I understand. <laughs> You, you understand? Do. You understand me? You understand. We just need to know fresh water, gray water, and heat. Right. Yes. That's it. That's it. That's it. I could do that now. I wish I could do that now. Like, I would RV it. I would RV it 100%. RV, yeah. I, 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 would, I would definitely. I would houseboat it, too. I think that would be fun. I, I would houseboat it on a river, though. I, I wouldn't, like. No. Like, rivers in New York. Island. I see people in New York, and I'm like, you're just asking to drown. That's what you're no, doing. No. A river a river's the key. A lake is beautiful. Yeah. But you it's knowable. You didn't get on a boat to see a knowable shore. Right. As as a rear admiral, my favorite woman said was uh, uh, a ship is safe in harbor. But is that what ships are for? Nice. I like that. How, how mm-hmm. so what what's your what was the what was the moment where you felt most like a pirate? Or you allowed yourself to, to be <laughs> Oh boy. Well, you know, it, it, I wish it was a story from the boat trip because man, there were some harrowing moments out there and that, that was less like a pirate and more like a sailor. Right. One of the most pirate evenings, you know, you live in a marina, you're with boat people, river rats are a specific kind of boat people, just 
wonderful, wonderful, colorful, whimsical, um, you know, improvisational and lunatic, you know, French <laughs> to a person. And, um, and we would spend most of our evening, I mean, you can imagine nine years, year round, we spend most of our evenings around this giant bonfire pit that was kind of up on the hill and the kind of overlooked all the boats, you know, all the docks could kind of get there to equal distance. It was brick. It was beautifully masoned. You know, it was well-made. And there was always wood from the woods because we lived in a nature preserve. So the people who worked there would often be thinning. The woods. There was always tons of wood to burn. Right. And there was always some bottle of something being passed around. And there was this guy who lived in the marina for a while. And people would come and go because that's, again, the beautiful transient nature of it, right? And some of us lived there. I lived, you know, there nine years, but a lot of people would come and go or were seasonal. And there was a few years this guy lived down there named Richard. And he looked like Gandalf. He looked like your salty old sailor. He was an old man with long gray hair and a long gray beard. Right. Yes. He was your gnome, 100%. And he was building a boat like Noah out of wood that he had found in the and, desert. but not just found kind of yeah, wherever he could find it. Over he would find it from the woods around but he would also buy pieces from like barns that had fallen down he would go and like see like that is the perfect piece and then he'd bring it down to the marina and he would go there in this beautiful body he was like he was either 35 or 80. You know what I mean? One of those guys just like, <laughs> right, he was right. tanned, you know, like his skin, he was somehow like totally ripped and hot. And, right. but like, he looked like an old baseball glove, you know, like he yeah, was yeah. tall and hot. Like, he was very handbaggish. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. Like what Johnny Depp would have looked like without all of the heroin, <laughs> you know, like without the bloating. <laughs> right. Right. And just like, and also you're, you're, you can feel when you go by him, that this is the embodiment of Jack Kerouac. This is the man. This is the guy. This is your Whitman. This is the one, the American sort of icon of Mark Twain. He's real and he's here and he's building a boat like a biblical character. I mean, he was, you couldn't help but be pulled towards Richard, you know? And Richard, of course, lived in the dregs and bottom portion of the boat he was building or in the back of his truck next to it while he was going. You'd, mm-hmm. you'd stop by it. And I, in case you can't notice, I talk to everybody. <laughs> and I smoke a lot of dope. And I love smoking cigarettes at the time and drinking whiskey, as I do now. So that means you can make friends with just about any river. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. want to. And I have a dog. So if they don't like you, they like your dog. You know, you still yep. get in there. Yeah. And he would come down so to many the door fires. Openings, yeah. So many. And so we would sit with Richard and hear about his adventures around the fires when he would sort of deign, you know, to come down to the fires. He'll be like, oh, he's here, he's here, he's here, you know. And you'd you'd get another body, keep going. One night Richard came down and he knocked on the doors of only a few of us, you know, mostly the year-round liveaborts, because we were kind of the diehards. And he said that he was gonna roast some pheasant up by the fire. And would we mm-hmm. like to join him for the evening? And of course we were like, uh fuck. Yes, yeah, canceling every other plan. Yeah. Yeah. And he had all of these beautiful little pheasants on spits that were like placed on the fire and he was turning them and he was whittling something and he was just moving around these things and he's passing around the bottle and we're laughing and we're telling stories and we're smoking dope and we're getting drunk and it just keeps going. We ate the birds, they were great. <laughs> and at about midnight, Richard says, to get the call of the river rat, the like wild call that we all do. He goes, Who wants to go on a boat ride? And the answer is always yes. You know, somebody will always right. suggest it. It's usually fucking, we all jump up. Fuck yeah. You know, whose boat? Who's going to be the idiot that's going right. to untether their home and head into the black <laughs> mystery that is the river tonight, you know? <laughs> and who are the idiots who are going to get on board with this right, right. drunken maniac ride along, you know? 
And we were all like, I will. So we all get on this boat. This thing, he had this, he had, <laughs> he had this pontoon boat that he had like made himself into with this like weird two-story. <laughs> just very, very topsy-turvy. We pile on this thing and we get on this boat. And we pull up off the river. We travel. We're singing songs. We're playing music. We're, we get up. Finally, we realize we're done because we, you have to go up river, of course, to get home. Right. So we pull off into this channel and we anchor and we take off our clothes and go swimming. It was inevitable. So we are now drinking, laughing, smoking naked in the river. We, this bright light, like God, like aliens, shunk, just lights us up. <laughs> like the blinding, brightest light you've ever seen just lights us up. And we hear the voice of a, of a captain saying, you are in the channel of the Minnesota River. Move your boat immediately. And we all know this is a barge. And barges, girl... They're the freight trains of the river. Right. This yeah. is this isn't about who should move. This is you will move or die. Like we can't stop. Right. We don't stop. We are th thousands of tons moving yeah. on a current that is moving. You're you must and we these just naked, drunk, slippery idiots are <laughs> flopping around trying to. Some of us we can't go to shore. It's all just sticks and mud and like coyotes if we go to shore. <laughs> We get on the boat, the boat's anchor is stuck. We're all gonna, and it just turned into chaos. We survive, we get out just in time. The wake almost swamps us. The captain yells at us on the radio from the barge. We finally get our titty up, get dressed, get back on the boat. And that was easily one of the best nights of my life. That's incredible. And I feel like between the beard and the captain and getting in trouble and almost dying and sex, drugs, and rock and roll, it was like, it was definitely the most pirate night that, that I got. Everybody lived. It was a miracle. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> awesome. So oh, I awesome. thank you for asking me, my friend. I haven't been able to tell. I haven't told that story in over a decade, man. That was a joy. Oh, nice. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I don't think you could top that. I'm I'm glad uh, I'm glad to have brought that up then. I don't think you could top that at this point. Certainly not. Oh, like, certainly. And I don't know where Richard went. You know, Richard finished his boat. We smashed a bottle of champagne on him and he took off. I have no idea where he went. I don't know his last oh. name. He definitely isn't on the internet. He's still and, sailing. Um, he's somewhere, man. He's somewhere. He's somewhere. Yeah. Off yeah. in the sunset. Tortuga. Yeah. <laughs> Tortuga. yeah. Long live Richard. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's awesome. Uh, Don, we've we've taken up so much of your time and we yeah, haven't even like that's the way to end it. We've yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, sure. that's the way to end there's it. There's nowhere to go from there's oh. like there's other questions here, but like yeah. no, we're <laughs> We'll save that for the next time. We'll do another. We'll do another. Part like, oh. yeah, for sure. You're, you, dude, doors always open if you ever want to just like bullshit and have a drink with us. Just let me back. I will We're say in. yes. I'm yeah, a sure yeah. thing for you guys. You are Thank my bacon. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so Thank much you. for, for uh, joining us and uh, bringing your, bringing <laughs> your, bringing, Bringing your light to our show. Today. Oh, we joy. appreciate that. Yeah. I'm so glad to be asked. Thanks so much. Yeah, guys. Uh, guys, uh, in uh, January, mm -hmm. we're going to be on her show. Yes. Mm -hmm. We've recorded it already. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to spoil anything, but there were some shenanigans happening in terms of, like, we, listen, we talked Friends a little bit the about the, we talked about the Montreal screw, screw job. Yeah. Uh, there was a Hill screw job. Hmm. There was no health screw job. Where there was you lost fair and square. No, 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 no. Mike didn't screw Mike. Fight, 
fight. Mike fight. didn't. Don screwed Mike. No, Mike didn't screw Mike, and Don didn't I screw did. Mike. Mike didn't know the answers to the questions. Jim knew the answers to more questions. Not all the questions, just more questions. I'm not questions gonna lie, Mike. I I've reviewed the tape, and you were done wrong. You got you got questions. I was done. See, see. But I will also say but that. But I also knew all the answers to your questions. You did I not. This, I did. You, I came you in. Said you didn't. I came so in and answered the very first question that you blew. Yeah. I had the correct answer immediately. But the second one you didn't. It didn't matter. I was already ahead. And then from there on. The, you... I can't wait for your <laughs> listeners to be like, what the fuck happened? Why are they so mad? Oh, it's yeah. good. It's good. Yeah. Mike's mad because he lost. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Well, thanks for thanks for ruining everything, guys. Oh, no. Spoiler. Mike lost. Everybody spoiler. knew that going in. Oh, oh, oh. Trash talk happening. That was that was nobody listening right now was like, oh, Mike probably won that. Listen anyway, you know it's like Titanic. You know the boat sinks. Watch it anyway. (laughs) All right, all right. But January uh, Bimpy Week, we're we're gonna give you the Bimpies, and then that Wednesday we're not gonna be on our feed. We're gonna have a little message for you, and you can go to Dawn's feed because you can listen to her, her awesome show. And you should listen to it like now, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Enrich yeah. yourself. I'm waiting so, for you. I'm there go, right now, waiting for you with hot. She's history. there. Yes. So much history. Go fuck some history. Exactly. Uh, it's it's such a good show. It it really is. It's, um, I liked history anyway, but I like history better when I'm hearing you tell it. Yes. Ah, oh, thanks. Which is awesome. So, uh, thank you for for making me and others smarter. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm glad to do it. And uh, the world needs that. The world mm-hmm. needs that. Like, we're here to make everybody have some dumb fun, but you're here to make people smarter, and that's important. It is. It's... And you got to sneak it in. You got to sneak it in with the with the F word, right. and then they don't even you know do. it's happening. You do. And and I, I appreciate that, too. Like, I, I, I get that, too. It's like, yeah. what a great name to you eliminate who you don't want to deal with <laughs> right yeah, off the fuck bat. The squares. Fuck the squares. <laughs> exactly. You know? And you get the people that are like, you get the people that are like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Then you get the people that are like, she says fuck. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's amazing. I like it. Love it. So, Dawn, before we sign off here, let everybody know where they can find everything you yes. and everything yes. Hilf. Oh, well, thank you so much. It is Hilf Podcast on all social, H-I-L-F Podcast. And you can find it on all of your streaming, wherever you listen to a podcast, you will find Hilf there. Uh, YouTube at Hilf Podcast. And then um, you can find me, Don Brody, Don B-R-O-D-E-Y. And anywhere you find me, you'll find a quick link to Hilf. Awesome. Nice. So awesome. All those links will be below. So please check those out. And uh, remember to ask yourselves. Yes. Every single day. One super mm. important question. Uh, mm. yeah, the most important question. Uh, Don, what should they ask themselves? What is your bacon? Don Brody. Yes. Don Brody is uh, fucking awesome. She really is. Like, like uh, she's so, a kindred spirit, right? And and you like know? and and it's so funny too because when we got added to the den for reals, like for some reason that podcast spoke to us. Yeah, right away, and. Man, if we if we weren't stuck in that car coming home from from Cleveland, uh, we 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 listened to a few. Well, and to be honest, if it sucked, 
it, we wouldn't she right wouldn't we, she wouldn't <laughs> you know what i mean like right. um i we've definitely tried out other podcasts before yeah. to see if we wanted to have them on the show and those podcasts didn't hold our attention mm-hmm. and so it was like a lot of promise going in and then it was just kind of like uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if they'd be interesting, but her immediately she is was just like a gravitational force. She's a storyteller. She's a great she's storyteller. Funny, um, you know. She's personable, and she's, she's into it. Yeah, she's into it. She's passionate yeah. about it. Like yeah. that. That's that. That comes. You through. can't. You cannot. Uh, you there's can't no. Fake it. Yeah, you can't fake the passion that she puts into it and into the history and into what she does. And uh, we even get to talk about how she like was was took Jay Leno's spot. Right. A, a, like she is legit. She's doing her fucking thing. Yeah. She is great. And uh, yeah, again, first ballot guest of the year. You heard her. She's great, guys. Fun. <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you now. It's it's Jan- it's December. Um, in November. Girls getting a gnome. Go vote. Girls getting a no. Go vote. Vote now. I can't imagine. I. You know what? I hope that we get guests that completely push her out because that would be so fun. She's she's the, like the bar because <laughs> like that's is a super bar. high. Yeah. But I, you know what? I think I think she's like an we AJ. To, oh yeah, yeah. No, you know, it's like funny because fun. I think I think if we were to like throw this at her and be like, hey, so like this is what we thought, mm-hmm. and then like if that person came on. And we brought it, and we'd be like, "Hey, Dawn, like this person kind of came in and yeah, edged out." And she she'd be like, "Okay, let's what? Right. Let's she'd do it like, again. Let's compete. Let's go." Yeah, yeah. I, I feel I feel she'd like throw down her goalie gloves. If <laughs> if she did that, we might have another lifetime achievement award. <laughs> yeah. Before like before just being on year one, like one year, right? Yeah. I think it's possible. I think we need to do an episode at the end of the year where we bring our favorite people on, whether they're in similar genres or not, and just introduce them all to each other. And yeah. Like, let's all just talk about whatever the hell comes up. Let's. Oh, let's, she's gonna. Let's she's, have a she's dinner be or here something. For the, she's gonna be here for the anniversary show. Yeah, sure. but I mean, like, even other than that, let's be like, let's let's uh, let's do like uh, pizza and introductions. Yeah, <laughs> and we'll just. We'll just have a bunch of people on that. We'll we send just, pizza. We on just think people them. are cool, and we'll send them pizza, and we'll sit down, and we'll we'll all eat and just talk. Yeah, we won't even talk. We'll just watch. Yeah, we'll just x ourselves out of the whole thing. <laughs> just, just let it happen. This is a social experiment. <laughs> kind of, it's my podcast. Kind of, just yeah. I, you know, I I think if you put people that are fun and interesting and cool all in the same room, yeah, you're they're gonna have a good time, and People are going to have a good time watching it. I agree. I agree. You know? But yeah, guys, go check out the Hilf podcast because it's fucking awesome. And For you'll sure. learn shit. You'll For learn sure. shit. Uh, if you didn't learn anything from this podcast. Which uh, you I, usually I mean, like It's, it's <laughs> like she's given some kernels of nuggets. She's probably given more knowledge in these two episodes that we've split into one. Right. Or one episode that we split into two. Yes. You've you've learned See, right more. there. You just said something and then made it smarter. Right. By redoing it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So so she has made us smarter. Yes. But if you if you you probably take away more 
in these two episodes than you will of three years before this. <laughs> Unless you're like a, a musician that's in the recording business. Oh, even still. But maybe still, yeah. I No, like useful information. Sure, yeah, useful information. It's useful information for sure. Well, is it useful or is it just interesting? I don't know. I don't know. You tell us. Let us know if you think it's useful. Hit us in the comments. Uh, let us know if you enjoyed it. Let us know if you had a good, as good of a time as we did. We definitely did. Um, yeah, whatever uh, podcast streaming service that you guys use, um, subscribe to us on that just so that uh, you can always know what's coming up and what's happening and never miss anything. And it also helps us with the algorithm. And uh, what else? What else can we uh, tell people? Well, you you are at Jimmy G Shoes. I am on all the socials. On all the socials, and you've got a you've got a new single in the works. Yes, I do. I have I have a few actually, a few yeah. singles in the works. But I think I think one should come like really soon. <laughs> do you? I think it should. I think it should happen really soon. When does this come out? <laughs> when is this one out? Um, well, this is this is uh, two two weeks from now. So oh well, yeah, no, that's not gonna. Happen. Yeah, so it's new single from Craving Strange is coming it's in the coming, very near future. Coming in 2024. Yeah, yeah. Well, Definitely. January is 2024. So it is. It, so know, is February. So like a month and from so now. So is March. Yeah. There's 12 of them. Well, you know. We could pick any one. I'll tell you what. You should probably release a single. Like I soon. think we should too. Like soon. If there's one done. Yeah. No, I mean finish it. Come I, on, guy. You know what? You need to sing on it. All right. Well, you know, get Dave to send me the track because I ain't going to fucking Glen Cove. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. So we're working on it. We'll get something to you soon. Uh, Mike's got two singles ready for you already. So he's going to be putting something out in January and then again in March. So it's going to be incredible. I can't wait to hear both of them. They're going to be really, really good. I, You know what? The, Something do. heavy. Music. I do have shit coming out. I know he does. See? I know. I have shit coming out. He is what we would call prolific. And that is the second $5 word I will use today. Prolific is not a $5 word. Three fifty. It's like the Loch Ness Monster. Three fifty. I give you three fifty. Yeah. I'll give you three fifty. Yeah. Ah, I'll, I'll give you three fifty <laughs> on that. God damn Loch Ness Monster. Uh, but yes, uh, my band Something Heavy at Something Heavy Music on the socials and check us out on uh, the streaming pl- streaming platform of your of your choice. Of your choosing. Baconsmypodcast.com for all things Bacon is My Podcast. Buy something from the uh, the area where you can buy things like our merch. Yes. Buy a t-shirt. Buy, buy a, whatever we have there. We'll- Go to the sponsors page and use the promo codes on the sponsors page. Yes, Because absolutely. that helps us greatly as well. Absolutely. Maybe maybe we'll figure out something for a holiday shirt yeah. or something or, or sweater. Maybe a sweater. Sweat- sweatshirt. Sweater. Maybe a sweatshirt. Okay, so there will be a holiday sweatshirt. Yeah, we'll figure something out. We'll put it out. We'll put it out for you. So, so check it. And uh, if it's not there yet... Check it again. Just check every day. Just go there every day. Just refresh. Um, if you want to help the show, jump over to patreon.com slash bacon is my podcast. Sign up for one of our tiers. They are awesome. You get uh, extra content. You get live content. You get um, new stuff from something heavy all the time. New stuff from Craving Strange if I ever get everybody to say yes and allow me to do it. Um, maybe I'll do something. I should do something. You know what? 2024 is going to bring all kinds of good stuff. So we're going to we're going to do things. So so jump in now so that you're on the ground floor. 
You know what I'm saying? That's right. You know what I'm saying? And then you're, you can tell two friends, and then they'll tell two friends, and then they'll tell two friends. And it'll spread like uh, chlamydia. Herpes. Yeah, chlamydia. Yeah. Herpes. Yeah. This spreads easier. I agree. Chicken pox. Lyme disease. Thanks for watching. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. And uh, COVID. Have a great rest of your day. And remember to ask yourself every day. Have you been vaccinated? And what's your bacon? World peace. Shazam. <laughs> uh, how do you want me to get this to you?